Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on a Thursday. Just to let you know, Eric Strickland is in studio today, so we're very excited about that as the uh, Husker Hall of Famer is in town, maybe for the day-by-day series. Are you going to go watch that, or um, did my uh, my reviews of those seasons do enough for you? They'll be a little bit better in film. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what is it, the 2004 season? The day-by-day documentary. No, we'll, we'll get to the 2004 <laughs> season. Say, we're getting ahead of But the day-by-day documentary is playing uh, downtown at the Rococo, I believe. Uh, Wait, what is this? Oh, did you see? Were you at the spring game? Yeah, I watched it from afar. Uh, so basically, there's uh, uh no, we've talked about it before because I remember saying that thirty third for thirty can kick rocks, and you're like, what? <laughs> well, because the, okay, so like nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety seven is just perfect for a thirty for thirty. Most dominant teams of all time, yes. One of the most dominant teams of all time. There's like, you hate to say it, but there's like all type of events that's going along with the team. Right. You know, that that, that just makes it intriguing to a non-football fan. Like, they'll be interested in the off-the-field stuff. Um, so, that they've made a documentary about it. They're like, that's okay, awesome. well, if ESPN won't do it, then we'll do it and we'll make the money off of it. So, there's like a two-part documentary. The first part of that series uh, is going to be unveiled, I, I believe it's tonight at the Rococo. And uh, I know VJ was talking about it. I think he's going to be there. Basically, tonight's the opening. So it's basically red oh. carpet event here for Lincoln as far <laughs> That's as That's awesome. Like, Wait, yeah. is it Big Ten Network? What is it on? It's not going to be – you're going to have to pay – like, it's a pretty like, – you have to pay, like, more than 100 bucks, I think, to get into the unveil tonight. Ooh. Like, it's a big deal. And then the le- the next couple nights, I think you can get in for, you know, like – 30 or something but um so it's just gonna be playing this weekend it's not gonna, going not gonna be released i might try to go when it's a little bit cheaper mm-hmm. but i've got that whole thing where i'd probably have to take my wife and so now that 30 bucks turns and you know, <laughs> i'm gonna go by myself <laughs> right. i suppose but right. we should go sometime Bach. <laughs> yeah we can go we can yeah, go yeah, together yeah, there we go i'll then tell you guys night out it would be it would be guys night out but the yeah. only thing is i feel like the entire time you'd be whispering in my ear like oh this part's awesome this is yeah, this is, this is going to be awesome. You're pay attention to this. Pay attention. This is very cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. I, I think it will uh it will get some Kool Aid going downtown at least for tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it's very cool. I'm a, I might just go walk by and see who's down there because I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of former Huskers interested in going tonight. Yeah, and, nice. and the price tag's pretty high, so you know I think there's going to be some people there. But in any case, uh, I'm pretty jacked about that. I wonder if Strick's going to go to that. I'll have to ask him here in a little bit. Uh, we're talking about Nebraska football. We're trying to get the Kool Aid going ourselves. It makes you feel. A little bit better with the opening line of Oklahoma coming out at four and a half. It's getting Nate jacked up. He's talking Absolutely. about six and oh, seven and oh. He's starting to count the W's. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, and I've done a little. I mean, I've let the Kool Aid get to me a little bit because uh, I'm just looking for any sort of way statistically for this uh, to make sense and Nebraska can get a turnaround. And you know, for that, you have to go to the past. Um, and our athletic director was pretty serious about it when he talked about uh, retaining Scott Frost. It was like, hey, you know, don't look at any past numbers because you're not going to find anything there. There's there's ne- not yeah. necessarily a resume that looks like Scott Frost that ends up great. And while I didn't find great resumes uh, or anything that's exactly like Frost, I found some Big Ten championship coaches 
that have had uh, struggles out of the gate and uh, turned them around. So we'll start with this one. This is the, the one that's most like Scott Frost. Scott Frost, again, 15 and 29 after his first four God. years. How about former Illinois coach Ron Turner after his first four years, and including an 8-4 and four season. So he did get to a bowl game. This is in his fourth year, building into his fifth year. So not exactly the same. You're never going to find any resume exactly alike. Ron Turner showed that he could get to a bowl game. Not exactly similar, but 16 and 29 after four years compared to Scott Frost, 15 and 29. That's very close. Guess what happened the next season in 2001? Ron Turner's fifth year. Big Ten champions. Big Ten champs is right. <laughs> Ten and two, and uh, Illinois is off to the Rose Bowl in 2001 wow. behind Kurt Kittner and a group of really good special teams yeah. <laughs> players. Uh, so that's a, that's that's your hope is Ron Turner. Never mind that uh, two years later they were one and eleven. So maybe it's not like your long term well, hope, but there has been. We'll take somebody. ten and two. We'll take ten Again, and two. Scott Frost, fifteen and twenty nine after four years. Ron Turner, sixteen and twenty nine after four years. Big yes. Ten champs the next year. So it can happen. Book it. Uh, another one that's kind of interesting. Uh, Randy Walker was 18 and 28 after four years at Northwestern, um, but he kind of did his damage early on. So that after four years, that's not necessarily great, but it's close to Scott Frost. But he did win a Big Ten title in his second season. Granted, this was before Big Ten championship games. His team went eight and four, but six and two in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. That's how he won it. So uh, that was kind of cool. And then Gary Barnett, another one at Northwestern, eight twenty four and one after three seasons, and then won his Big Ten title in his fourth season at ten and two. So it was eighteen and twenty six after four seasons. Um, so both those Northwestern examples, they won titles within their first four years, different than Frost. But after four years, their records are pretty similar to what Frost had. I love it. Make you feel any better? I am, uh, yes, absolutely. Now, your ultimate goal uh, for hiring Scott Frost was to be the next Tom Osborne, not the next Ron Turner or Gary Barnett. Um, well. But, uh, you know, it, it, at this point, I think we'll take – I mean, I'd certainly take, uh, you know, Frank Solage out of it for sure or <laughs> Bo Pelini or, you know, anything. I you. think most people would. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. What number is it going to take for you to believe in Scott Frost? And I want to ask you this because my number is very different than yours. Very yeah. different. Well, and this goes back to the whole, uh, you know, metrics that uh, Trev Alberts has. Is I don't think that it's necessarily a number for me. It's it's the the, the way that the team looks. Um, somebody at the text line pointed out that you know maybe worst case scenario for him is that Nebraska wins eight games this year on a fluke, and then you keep Scott Frost around for the next two seasons um, because he had a weak schedule this year or whatever. Um, I don't think that Nebraska is necessarily going to be fooled by that, uh, similar to how they weren't fooled by Mike Riley's 9-4 and four season in his top 10. You know, he jumped in the top 10 for a week or two there. Um, it's going to be the eye test. It's, it's going to look like you, if you – squeak out seven wins and you know half the games are against sub 500 teams and you're barely which could have overtime which, victories which and, could happen. yeah i mean certainly could happen um and i basically look at it and say that looks a lot like the previous years under frost i don't think mm -hmm. this is going anywhere then i still won't you know buy in i'll sell, tell you for like pretty much absolute buy-in is nine wins which is kind of funny because that's the the, the barrier where i always have but i don't think that you can even with this schedule, I don't think you can be a, a subpar team and win nine games with this schedule. Or no. Eight games is even going to be tough. So, I mean, I think if they get to eight, but, I mean, if you're talking about a long-term buy, <laughs> that's difficult. I think maybe you got to get to, like, ten wins in that case to say, like, oh, Scott Frost is the guy, like you want to say after the Oklahoma win, mm -hmm. they're back. I think you're going to have to real. I mean, because we've again, if you're old enough to remember the Pelini years, you've seen teams that you're that you have gone, you know, one nine and ten games, and you go, 
Uh, that's not a great team. It's a good team. It's a it's a solid team, but it's not the goal. I think it's still rebuilding a little bit different, though. When because it at this point you need a good team to build off of into a great team. Because Nebraska hasn't even had a good team, I, unless you're including last year. But there's a little bit of discrepancy there. I don't know how much you want to evaluate a three win football team, good team, blah blah blah. If if you are at seven or eight wins, I think that's a building block. And I would say yes, I would start buying. That could ultimately be the demise of, like you said, that's two years later you don't go to a bowl yeah. game and then boom, you're done. But I think I think there's something to be said for building block year. And that's why I like this four and start. If you start out four and five and we're gonna throw that Indiana game in there. If you start out five and and then ultimately only win seven games, are you out? Because I think that's because that, that's something you can build off of. Saying that you started five and zero with a Big Ten opponent against Oklahoma, who's had your number for the past two decades, you fall off towards the end of the season when the schedule does get a little bit more difficult. That would ultimately mean that you're not playing in the Big Ten championship. You're not going to win the Big Ten West because that's a lot of Big Ten losses. But starting out five and zero and winning seven games—that's something you can build off of. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately they do. I mean. For part of it would be is like where's Oklahoma at, right? If Oklahoma's six and six, they're having that uh, the the Luke Fickle year at Ohio State, right? Then you're not beating the program that has been there over the last several decades. Um, if you're if you're not beating in the Big Ten West, you start off five and zero. You're one and zero against the Big Ten West. Let's say you don't win any other games against the Big Ten West. I can't really buy into you. You've, you've got to beat those teams. You've got to turn the corner eventually on Illinois and Minnesota and Purdue and of course Iowa and Wisconsin. But, I mean, that's what's so sad about the last four years mm. is that you didn't even get that moment, right? There were so many – there's only – there's, like, small goals you can hit. Just beat Iowa once. <laughs> Just once. <laughs> and then you and you can still go five and seven. We'll go, well, at least they beat Iowa. There's something <laughs> there's, that we, they, they accomplished that, yeah, right, that right. year. There's no accomplishments really so far um, unless you like the first year of, of you know, beating seven and six teams and Mark D'Antonio uh, and I believe, <laughs> I believe P.J. Flegg. Uh, unnamed texter says, "Are you guys high? No, five and zero. Oh, the only they only won three games last year. There's absolutely no reason they should not be four and one at the very least. At the there's absolutely no excuse to lose to Northwestern, your two FCS opponents, and then Indiana. Georgia State's not FCS. Right. Come on, okay, yes, but <laughs> there's no excuse to lose against Georgia State. Okay, right. there's no excuse. There's not, but and there's, there's also no not excuse. excuses for." Several of their past losses. And, I, and and again, but this is what we're saying is this year there aren't going to be any excuses. There's no excuse to lose to Northwestern, who's a bad football team, and Indiana, who's a bad football team. Your schedule in your first five games, if you are not 4-1, and one, we need to be having a serious discussion about who's going to be the next head coach in Nebraska. I'm with you on that. Even if they end up – because I think that's the scenario that you're pointing out is even if you do start the season 3-2, and two, it's going to be an ugly 3-2. and two. Because one of those losses presumably will be against Oklahoma, and the other loss is probably going to be against Northwestern or Indiana, who had a combined one win in the Big Ten last year. So that's when we need to have a discussion. Yes, you have a winning record, but three – no. At the very least, you start out 4-1. and one. If they lose to Northwestern, does Frost make it back to Lincoln? I think he better. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. He better. They better not do the uh, the, the tarmac firing because, again, there's you've, you've, got to, you've got to let this thing kind of build at least a little bit. At least give him some time to gel. That would be bad, though. That would be like, bad. It would be – times would be very tough in Lincoln if they lose to Northwest. Like, that's everything that we've been saying going into the season. Everything we've been optimistic towards 
is basically shot after well, that. Well, in two game. years in, in a row would really be that the, would be that would be tough. Yeah, taking the win. I, I don't know what you do with the coaching position, but you're gonna be having conversations. Yeah. Someone, someone's going to be chatting. Someone's going to be chatting. <laughs> I promise you that. Part of the metric was to beat Northwestern. We spent a lot of money on this Ireland thing, Scott. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for history lessons with Buck all the way back to 2004. We've kept the Kool-Aid going. It's going to come to a, a quite a bit of a hit here. 2004 wasn't a great year for Nebraska. But we'll cover that next here on the Ticket Water Cooler. 